Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. My name is Jake Bessling here with my good buddy, my pal, my bro, Tim Allman. What up? I'm sure many of you out there like to occasionally indulge on the great taste of your favorite beer. Hello. We're talking beer today. Maybe it's a town favorite Ooh. pilsner or a fruity and balanced hoppy Indian pale ale IPA. Or some of you dream to go to the Irish pub master in Ireland to take your time <laughs> to have them pour a Guinness the right way, the long and slow, slow way. Pour. Letting slow it settle in your glass, opens up the flavors. And then at the top, I've been there to Ireland to the Guinness factory. They pour a... Um, shamrock right in the front. Are you making that up right now? I'm not. I went into a pub in Ireland. I was in college and uh, I said, Hey, can you give me a black and tan? You know, there's bass beer at the bottom Uh and Uh Guinness at the top. And he's like, we don't do that to our Guinness. That's right. We don't do that to our Guinness. Yeah, Tim, let's talk favorite beers. Let's go with yeah, you what, first. Yeah, what are some of your favorite beers right now? Man, I love Fort Collins, Colorado, New Belgium. Started with Fat Tire, Hello. but the Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. I mean, I introduced you to that. You by did. The way. Thank you. I'll okay. give you the nod. You're welcome. The, the, the look of it, I mean, it just looks so inviting. It does. I mean, it's raw, it's pure, it's hoppy. Uh-huh. It packs a citrus punch, yet finishes smoothly. <laughs> uh, it tastes somewhat like lemon. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's some grapefruit. I mean, it's kind of like you can taste some pineapple, too. Ooh. Tim, what's yours? It's a vacation in a glass. Yeah, favorite beer. I love IPAs, too, buddy. Uh, Dragoon. I like drinking local, for real. So Dragoon is a brewery down out of Tucson. Have you been to Dragoon? Yeah, there, good there, spot. Yeah, great spot down there. And their IPA that they're distributing here. Uh, Flagstaff has an awesome brewery called Mother Road. Got to go and try their IPA. And then today... Oh man, I love me some Sun Sippa at Four Silos Coffee and Brewery. So oh, it's so good. Man, we are part of the Christian Lutheran tribe of Christianity. And it's fun. It's a fun Christ-centered group. We worship Jesus, but our denominational roots are found back in the 1500s, as many of you know, with a dude by the name of Martin Luther. He was a German monk and a reformer of the mm-hmm. church to remind us about God's grace in Christ. And it's no secret that this German monk... He liked to drink, and probably maybe he brewed even yeah. some beer at times. He even was told, right, to be at the, the pub writing Christian hymns out of beer song melodies. And there's a books called Luther Talks, and it's all of these notes from theologians, young students, and all of these talks were over beer at a local pub, and they just capture all of these great theological insights over a nice tall Foamy beer. Cheers to And that. Martin Luther wrote a little bit about beer. I love this quote. I found this from my boy Ken Chitwood on a blog. He wrote, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. <laughs> That's great logic, Luther. Gotta Thank you for that. Love it. Makes a lot Today, of sense. we're talking beer. <laughs> Today, we are talking beer and benefits. Beer and what? Stay with me here. Beer and benefits to the community for the sake of the community. We're looking at what benefits beer can have in creating a positive experience for people in the local community. I've often said this, that the appropriate amount. Now, we're not talking about overindulgence, just a beer or two. It is a social lubricant. 
Great conversation comes over beer often. And we will have today with us, you are in for a treat, Mike Barclay, who recently opened, he's a member here at Christ Greenfield, and he recently opened up a brewery that serves craft coffee. I love how you combine, get you up in the morning and maybe down at night. (laughs) Anyway, craft coffee in the morning and beer. But he opened it right here about a mile away from Christ Greenfield. You are in for a treat. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. For real, dude. Pleasure to be here. It's going to be a kick to talk with you. So, Mike, before we talk beer and benefits to the community, let's talk new starts. A lot of people have visions to start something, maybe make a few dollars, and it just uh, never gets off the ground, this start. Uh, you have a huge track record for starting businesses, and you are an entrepreneur starting machine. Yes, you are. Oh, you are an entrepreneur starting machine. Yes, wow. you have started and opened a few different businesses and local communities that have uh, brought positive vibes and resources. So tell us where you got this entrepreneurial spirit and what led you to this respective new start. That's uh, awesome. Thanks again for having me. So uh, I think first off to start would be to say, you know, starting a family and ha- wanting to have my wife at home, um, Courtney. So I think, you know, that, that really got me, um, focused on starting a business and, and driving the income that way. Also, um, with jobs in the past I had, it was usually straight commission. Hmm. So I think that gave me the, the, um, the risk taking ability, but honestly, I think God's given me the drive to provide for my family and to focus on achieving my goals. Um, again, with my experiences and upbringing, I've been to, um, you know, four different countries or three different countries and four different high schools and um, meeting new people and seeing what makes, makes people happy. Did you live in four different countries or three different countries? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, Austria being the main one of the focus with the brewery in high school and so forth. Yes. Well, I mean, so you went to, you were about 16, 17, I guess the third one doesn't count because I'm a U.S. citizen, but you know, it's part of the story is three countries, four high schools. Wow. So Did Austria, you get to Canada. drink some beer then in high school in Austria? Because the drinking age is a little different. Great question. If you're about this size. It's a good question. This high, what? I mean, yeah. yeah, okay, it is. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, and at 17 in Austria, um, actually, most 15-year-olds can order a drink even yeah. for their parents and go to the store and bring something home. Or Wow. The students there usually finish school around noon and the majority of them, you know, 15 or older, will go to a local pub. Even the, the girls will usually have a glass of wine and then start studying. So they're pretty mature with it, too. Wow. Maturity, uh, appreciation for alcohol, mm-hmm. not just this, I can't wait to do it, I can't wait. And then it's behind the scenes and all this. And then it's 21, you've already had a ton. <laughs> yeah, you work really well with people. As you're going to hear, listener, Mike's uh, people skills are off the charts. So where did you develop? Did you play sports or anything like that that kind of helped you develop this kind of team, entrepreneurial spirit? Yes. Yeah, I, I played hockey growing up in the Valley and then went away um, for high school and college. And actually, college, I came back. So before college, I, I went to several different places. And then after college, I went back to Austria and played again. Yeah, cool, man. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Um, what What is one other business you started before the one we're going to talk about today with Four Silos? What was another business? Um, tell us about that start. Uh, there. So the one that I like to talk about the most is Lawn House, which not a lot of people know about. Mm-mm. It was a um, lawn and home care business um, that I did with agents, so I could take care of a property in Mississippi that I found on on Craigslist and. 
it was a rental property that needed lawn care services. In Mississippi, and you were living in Phoenix? Right. What? And so How did that I was work? just testing out kind of a um, broker agent network similar to the shipping industry that I was part of at the time and still am today. But um, I would find a church, a local church in Mississippi, and ask them if they had any trustworthy people that had a lawn um, you know, service company. And that's how I'd team up. So I'd find some someone that was special to take care of the lawn wow. and send an invoice to another state for someone that owned a, the property. Wow. And um, I think um, uh, what challenged me there was were there were not enough agents that could really f- um, take care of that on a full-time basis. So Sure. And you also tried to get the lawn care service to have, like, like all the services, lawn care um, pest tri- control, pest yeah. control yeah. and all the different types of right. things. The, so the, the consumer could just have it one check, one, one price, but I get everything taken care of. Yes. That's genius. The thanks. The name's still out there. But, um, what was fun about that is I realized that I had to start something bigger and better for, to support the family. So I dropped the name lawn and replaced it with ship. And today we're eight years down the road with a global shipping company called ship house. Sweet. Tell us about it, more of the details. How does that business work? You know, um, well, so to start off, I, I was working for DHL at the time, DHL Express yeah. as an account executive and then promoted quickly. And there is so much anxiety and um, pressure that I decided to um, focus on starting my own company at some point where I didn't have that anxiety. So, and I kept getting laid off of other companies. And uh, yeah, it ended up being like uh, providing a perfect service for a customer, everything. It's not perfect, but it's close to it. We try to provide the best communication for them and for expedited services. And slowly we built up our global platform. And don't you even bring their packages out? I mean, there's some extra above and beyond services that you provide that say your normal Amazon shipper wouldn't, wouldn't be able to provide. So what differentiates you in the shipping industry? Uh, you know, for freight forwarding, we're different from FedEx and UPS because we move freight on passenger aircraft. Wow. So it has to be very secure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then ship house that ends with a H-A-U-S. What does that house mean? That's German, I believe. It's a house. Yes. House. That's uh, the international part of the story. Yeah. House is the um, German spelling for house. Yep. Okay. Ship House. House. International. Love it. So the recent thing you started is four silos here in Gilbert, Arizona. There's a um, an area uh, near Morrison Ranch, a community that has these four old grain silos. And so I believe that's part of the story, four silos. And it's a little but in quaint and awesome craft coffee and brewery. So our listeners would love to hear the story of how the vision came about for four silos and how you launched that and any um, just things that went on with that process. We'd love to hear the story. Tell cool. us. Cool. This is a fun story. So we've lived in the neighborhood for 10 years. And um, I think all of us that live in this community or, in, or close to Morrison Ranch have always um, wanted a place like this, a place that we could go to a, kind of like a cheers place yep. and, and meet new people. And, and there wasn't really much like that. We would ride our bikes a um, couple hour, I mean, couple miles down the street and crossing major streets, and it was fun and everything. But some place a little closer to the shopping center would be great. So we had their our oldest girl's first birthdays at the ice cream shop that um, some members owned at the time, and uh, it was a great place. Um, but it was just a, 
a spot that I, I thought that over time we could definitely do something more with, with a few more products. So and you had seen the the retail space, another business had been there and you're like, man, if that business ever leaves, I'm jumping on this. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like that. <laughs> and, and it wasn't necessarily that specific spot that the it, it's um definitely, we weren't in control of that. It was, yeah. it was actually God's timing. Well, sure. But you so, were definitely dreaming of your, you probably walk into spaces and dream about yeah, what to be. So for be. six years, I would meet, we would over six years, um, we would have drinks, beers and, and wine with the neighbors out in the front with fire yeah. pits. And it's a great way to even today to meet new neighbors. That's right get outside of the garage and don't just go home and shut the garage door, Amen. meet people and congregate. So oh, we were thinking um, some of the neighbors and I had would ride our bikes to the uh, four silos and, and talk about it and dream of it. And um, you know, it, we really and were fortunate with the way things happened over time. There's a spot that opened up and a brewer that we met with had some great opportunity. Yeah. It's so good. So talk to us a little bit about seeing a dream come to reality. We don't just want to start well. We talk about finishing well. So what was the process? Get us behind the curtain a little bit on the process of, okay, this is going to happen. Now, all of these things need to be aligned before we we launch on Four Silos Opens. Well, so I'm going to rewind just a little bit to Beckett, our our two and a half year old now. I mean, sorry, Campbell. I haven't it's had okay. my coffee yet. Sorry, it's guys. Okay. I didn't You're get good, to get to go to four salad. I know. With Campbell, she's uh, eight months now. Cool. But Courtney, my wife, was pretty sick uh, the January before she was born. You know, and starting January, and and um, she fell ill and mm. and passed out, and um, that was the time period where I decided to stay home from Ship House and let it run autopilot and focus on family and focus on four silos. And so the process was, is this really something we want to take on? And, and Courtney and I went back and forth on it quite a bit because we knew that it was quite a bit of an investment. And uh, we decided that it was something that we wanted to make happen to diversify in case something ever happened to the shipping business. Mm. So we ended up um, starting first off with meeting with brewers. I sent emails to breweries in town that could contract brew. So we wouldn't have to buy the equipment. Right. Because that's where most of the cost is, right? And opening up a brewery would be in all that equipment. It's not cheap, right? Right. And it's where a lot of new startup microbreweries go out of business because they have so much invested and they're still testing out their beers. Yeah. So meeting with the first brewery was actually the best meeting we had because Uwe at SunUp is German and we spoke German right away over lunch. and (laughs) Connected. It was a, it was a true connection. And and sometimes you look back and you say, wow, how did that happen? And it's, it's totally God's plan. So sitting there with him, I just knew that it was a perfect fit. And then I met with the owners, John and Cindy and Cindy met with Courtney and I and said, you know, I think you're going to need a a liquor license now. And we said, yeah, we've been looking and we can't find any. Hmm. So she said, well, let me get back to you. Um, maybe we can meet on Friday. I think we might have an extra beer and wine liquor license. You can share? You, have, you can do a You trans- have laying around or something? <laughs> I don't get it. I think every broker wished they were just laying around. Okay. So There's only brokers, a certain amount that go around. Right. It's kind of okay. capped, and, wow. and usually pe- the larger places snag them. So the beer and wine license is very difficult to find on the market, if there are any. 
and no usually idea. they're sold above market price. So, so that could have held you back big time. Totally. I wow. mean, I just we have all this stuff that can't go on because I don't have the license. Yeah. Totally. Wow. So she had one, and um, the following Friday we signed an agreement and did the transfer of sale. So that started the process, which takes several months. So when in the process did coffee enter the equation? Because you guys are very, I think that's a differentiator. You got Starbucks and you got all these breweries where you're like, nah, we're going to be the best of both worlds, you know? So coffee and beer, you're open. Your hours are crazy, man. Early, open, and then late close every single day. So talk to us about that differentiator, both coffee and beer. Yeah. So the coffee part of it is also living in Austria. We had great coffee. We're right next to Italy. And yeah. Their um, espressos were amazing, their espresso drinks. So uh, a lot of it came with traveling with the family with our travel trailer through California and Colorado. We would stop in the summers at little breweries in Colorado and coffee shops, and some of them had beer and coffee, and we thought, wow, what a brilliant idea. (laughs) And that could really serve the community well with something that we want throughout the day instead of one major um, item. So food actually wasn't much of an idea on the menu either, so that, that came into play later. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Yeah, thanks for sharing with our listeners. And a side note, if you're part of the Christ Greenfield community on May 5th for our big fiesta celebration, Four Silos, thank you, Mike and Courtney and your Four Silos for contributing all the beer. So come on out. If not to hear about (laughs) what God is doing in the community for a free beer. Let's talk beer for a moment just quick with you. What's your favorite type of beer? I was thinking about that question. Uh, So I, I love them all. I I just like all. music. I love I love yeah. all music. I lean toward the lagers more, yeah. um, like our IPL, a Gilbert Gold. It's an India Pale Lager. I also love the Sunsipa too. The Gilbert Gold and Sunsipa were our first two beers, so I I think they're pretty cool. But the other new ones are awesome. Excellent, excellent. You're home to the patient poor. Tell us what that means and why it's important. So when tapping beers in Austria um, as a side job while I was playing hockey there, I um worked at a brewery called Sum Augustine and they're working under the table. Uh, I, I would pour a beer to even police officers and speak in German in their dialect. And they would slide the beers right back to me when I first started and with the, with a pretty sad face. <laughs> so I learned quickly that it was, um, ein gutes Bier braucht zehn Minuten. A good beer takes 10 minute, minutes. Ah. And, so it was a slow pour, and the advantage they have there, they usually have one beer or two beers on tap. It's a, a light beer and a dark beer. Sure. And the challenge with our spot is we do a, a, a patient pour, but it's a little faster than the 10 minutes, of course. We <laughs> wow. learned that quickly that Less patient pour. people didn't want to wait too long, but we yeah. still try to give it the beer shelm look, which is the beer foam, the head on top, which is mainly beer, so you don't want to dump that. And you create that by pouring maybe half the glass and letting it settle? Yeah, yeah, half the glass or, you know, three different pours in one glass, but without dumping the beer, which a lot of restaurants and breweries do today. You see them tipping it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a more uh, enjoyable beer than you're not so uh, full of of carbonation in your stomach and you don't have to unbuckle your pants when you're eating your sandwich. Do you guys tilt the glass or do you just kind of have it set there? Uh, with our style right now, we're doing a slight tilt, but okay. then we turn it straight up at the end. Yeah. 
Okay, very cool. That's that's so cool. So leaders are learners. How much did you know about beer before uh, entering into this uh, this whole process? Were you just one who enjoyed it, or did you get kind of behind the scenes a little bit uh, to develop your own your own style for what you like and what you want to serve your customers? So the way I approached it with SunUp is they want to know how much I knew, and and I just told them exactly what we just shared is I was tapping the beer and I enjoyed different styles of beer, like everyone else that enjoys beer. And so I can't take credit for being a brewer, but I, I do um, really enjoy the marketing part of it and building a recipe with the master brewers and actually dialing down the percentages and the flavors that I want in the beers. So that that's like really a fun part of this business is sitting down at the brewer and saying, you know, I, I'd like to do this for our customers. Help me create that. And he's a master. He's had 25 years of experience and it just works out great. So listener, don't, don't miss what you're hearing. There's passion. There's a vision that has come from Mike, but then there's also partnership. You find people that are gifted and you build a team and then the vision is even that much better than you could possibly do on your own. Unfortunately, a lot of times in the church, maybe pastors or church leaders, we feel like we got to do it all. Whereas, no, 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 no. We're called to empower other people to build a team, dream with a team, and off we go to accomplish the vision that God has placed before us. And you're doing that Thank as you. an entrepreneurial business leader. It's beautiful. Thank so you. when we talk about beer and benefits to the community, now we, you've kind of addressed some of those benefits, but maybe go into a little more detail what are some of the benefits you've seen now, maybe some stories that the community has been blessed by um, seeing four silos there? You know, I, I think some of the coolest um, things that we have going on is just seeing neighbors gather and, and congregate in our spot. And also, um, I, I think one of the my favorite things to share is in our grand opening, there were two veterans sitting on the corner of the bar they lived this street away. They didn't know each other. They served mm-hmm. at the same time, and they had family friends from 20 years ago. Come on. They left wow. crying, and, and it still mm-hmm. tears me up today. But the coolest thing also is um, we choose to play Christian music throughout our playlist. And when those songs come on and you see people really move into the beat, that's awesome. And we see a lot of churches and pastors, especially you guys, coming in and supporting <laughs> us. And it really just it makes it um, a stronger place. Yeah, it's beautiful. So running a business, you're working with people all the time and uh, you got it. How many do you employ now at four silos? I just asked Courtney cause she's so great and helps with the payroll. And yeah. she said there's about 19 on our 19. payroll right okay. now. So working with people, what kind of tips or even surprises have you had in, in working with your team and through the ups and downs of life, continuing to motivate and train and and to clarify your brand and make sure that moves throughout all of your employees there at Four Silos? Sorry about that, Tim. I was focusing on my water bottle because my no, throat's yeah. a little dry. Will you repeat you're, that question? You're just please? fine. No, some big surprises in leading a team on your uh, on your payroll there. Um, surprises. Uh, you know, that's, that's something that I, I think like making sure employees this morning is what comes to mind. Right. Actually, I, I believe I missed a call. Hmm. I think someone didn't show up for the kitchen and right. someone had to jump in. There are a lot of surprises every day. Um, you know, a beer keg may go lower faster than others. Yeah, and, yeah. and so just learning how to work through that and, and continue to make our cut our um, guests happy and our employees happy. Is so with a new business, especially like four silos, we were talking about the social media 
and uh, how it helps and it can maybe hurt uh, the the mission that you have at Four Silos. So how have you processed both the highs and sometimes the critique, the criticism that comes via social media? Yeah. So we have a, a pretty awesome customer base and sometimes we get challenged in, in that aspect with, you know, on reviews. And those are the things that didn't, you know, really come to mind when we opened um, Google reviews, Yelp reviews, those, those can smash a business. Right. And, um, in the beginning it was, it was like getting hit with darts and we'd wake up to it and Courtney and I would really stress out and try to repair things as quickly as possible. And that's part of any new business you're, you will have our challenges, but I think one that comes to mind is recently we had um, a review that, you know, someone kind of threw a dart for us for playing Christian music that it felt a little overbearing and, hmm. you know, and it's unfortunate, um, but we've maybe all been there at some point. And um, it, it actually put, set me back and um, it was a test of faith. I wasn't sure if I should delete some of the songs from the playlist or hmm. not. And sure, some of them may have come across a little yeah. Um, holier than others, but yeah. um, there today there are some incredible Christian artists, and yeah. um, that's what I choose to listen to most of the time on my radio. Yeah, and that's why I like to have it in my workplace. And if anything, hopefully it, it shines a light on someone that's having a bad day. So it's really cool because um, I chose to add a couple more and put them in all of our playlists. So in every playlist, we'll have a, a handful of Christian songs and. Now, now today I see more and more Bible studies that I'm actually part of with the pub group here and, um, other pub groups from multiple churches gathering, not just one church so good. and, um, and women having wine and Bible studies. So it's, it's really cool to see how that works out. That's awesome. So if there's a listener out there that is entrepreneurial like yourself, maybe they've already started their own business. Maybe they own a restaurant or something. What advice would you have for them that wouldn't make it a Christian business, but would allow them to express their faith more fully as a Christ follower who has the ability to stand up for Jesus and open that place up a little more to the gospel. You know, I think just being open in our faith today in the business world is, is critical. I think too many people feel like they have to hide it. And um, I think go out and be a disciple and um, share the word. I think uh, also, People um, enjoy it. A lot more people enjoy what you're doing. They're proud of it, and it makes them want to return, and it really drives the customer base that you'd like to see. And similar to um, the challenge sometimes that we have, people want to hear sports, yeah. see sports, and we don't always play it. What So good. What's your long-range goal for Four Silos? Big-time vision moving forward. You what? know, the more I, I talk with um, our churches in the community, I, I think it'd be especially like your church, you know, to see um, us plant seeds near churches and, and create more gathering spots in the neighborhoods that need a, a place to congregate outside of church and grow in faith. Powerful. Love it. Yeah. The atmosphere at Four Silos is cheery. The staff has smiles on their faces. And lots of times 
as we're around for for meetings, we see you there loving on people, kissing babies, shaking hands. It's really kind of what we do as pastors as well. Yeah, yeah. So we appreciate you being on the show. You guys are much better at that. No, you. you're great. You're a really personable guy, and it's just amazing to see what you've done with Four Silos. Thank you, God. Um, we ask these three questions down the home stretch here of lead time with everyone that's on. So what young leaders are you currently apprenticing, and how's that going? What's that look like? I think um, each each individual that we hire is um, is an apprentice. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Yeah, I mean, every day that I walk in there, I say hi to each one of them. I ask them how they're doing. How's it going outside of work? Yeah, good. How's their family? That's it. And I try to lift them all up. So, Excellent. Yeah, I just try to work on that. Three questions you ask all your direct reports, no matter who you lead. If you got any kind of team around you, how you doing? No, really, how you doing? Heart, body, mind, spirit, emotionally, all that. And then how's your family? Because we're holistic beings, what your home life work, look like. And then uh, last one, how you doing on your goals? Uh, what's your work life like? And it sounds like you're doing that day in, day out, buddy. That's setting that Thank awesome you. atmosphere for everybody that you're apprenticing. So what books, readers or leaders, what books are you currently reading? I, you know, right now I just looked over on my nightstand before I came here, and it's currently Phrases for Growth Mindset, A Guide to Empowering Students. My, you know, my children through words of encouragement, mm. praise, and feedback. That's excellent. A teacher from the school here actually shared that with us. So good. Lovely. What is your primary word of advice for younger leaders? Uh, stay positive, um, to grow in faith, to take chances, take advice from people with experience. Um, the one that I share with my kids the most that I learned from my, um, my uh, father that passed away, my Austrian father that passed away recently, he always taught me, especially when you cheers, to look in the eyes, even the Augenschauen, to always look someone in the eyes, especially like if you're shaking their hand, you don't want to turn away. Hmm. So really connect with people and to communicate well and follow through. Yeah. Miss day and age, brother, where we're on our devices far too consistently. The simple respect, looking someone in the eye, showing them your attention, and uh, not in a weird way. Especially when you cheers. Exactly. Especially when you cheers. Um, And we are so thankful to have you as a neighbor in our community where we can uh, say cheers and share awesome conversations about what Jesus is doing. Next time on Lead Time, we're going to speak to Bart Hyduke. And uh, Bart leads our men's ministry right here at our church. On the topic of using beer to draw people into relationship with Jesus, you are not going to want to miss our next lead time. Mike, you have been a gift to us, buddy. May Jesus continue to bless you and your family and your entrepreneurial spirit. And we love Four Silos. Go and get a beer there soon. Some sip it, baby. Mike, amen. We're looking in your eyes. (laughs) Cheers, brother. Cheers. Thank you. And likewise, we're so thankful for what you're doing for our community, too, and our children. We'll see you next time on Lead Time. Peace. Thanks. Peace. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.